Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, and I'm joined by my co-host, Cody Frankel. We got a great guest today, Sarah Griffin, NHL content creator. She does almost everything under the sun. So that's a really cool interview that we're going to get to in a bit. But before we do anything, I want to say what up to my boy over there, Cody. What's going on, dude? What's going on? How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm rocking this new Blue York beanie, uh, the gray, blue, yeah. and red. Yeah, I love it. It's 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 really cool. Big beanie guy. Sick design. Yeah, no, big uh, big beanie season. Um, yeah. but anyway, I think we should go right into it. Let's talk, dude. Do it, bro. Igor Shosturkin. We were talking about the Vesna, but I think there's an honest case now for him to be the Hart Trophy winner, MVP in the in the National Hockey League. I mean, he he is single handedly carried this team. And you're seeing it now. He's not only making saves, but he's making plays. He almost had the empty netter last night against Ottawa. He made that great breakout pass to Panarin in overtime against Detroit. I mean, literally, like, what can't this guy do? Yeah, I mean, he's just insane. The guy doesn't miss a beat after that two-week layover. He just comes right in against Boston, comes right in against the Wings, Senators. I mean, he just I, – I, I got to tell you, we, we could have gotten blown out probably against Boston. They had a few nice chances. And so, I mean, he just makes these unbelievable saves and it's, it's, I think you're on, you, you called that he, he could be MVP. I mean, he's looking good. He's looking good. Definitely Vizina talk for sure. I think those last three games you mentioned too, I mean, start with Boston, start with Detroit and go into Ottawa. The Rangers let up the first goal in like the first five, 10 minutes of the game. And, you know, some goalies might get a little rattled by that when they let up an early one. And and not all yeah. those goals were nice goals. A lot of them were kind of weak, although Stutzla had that, you know, nasty two-on-one snipe last night in Ottawa. But a lot of young goalies, I mean, Igor still is very young, and, and a lot of young goalies can sometimes let that get to them, like, you know, fuck with them mentally a little bit. And the way he bounces back is also just incredible, too. I mean, the Rangers have come out in the last three games. They looked decent last night in Ottawa in the first couple minutes, but... Their starts against Boston and Detroit were terrible. I mean, I think against Boston, we had two shots in the first period against Detroit. I think we had like five or six, but this team has not looked good in the first 10 minutes of the last couple of games. And, you know, we've seen it now. They've let up the first goal three games in a row. So, you know, just to have that guy back there to, to bounce back and, and find a way to get back into the game is also, you know, something that we should credit him for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it, I, even, even Ottawa, we only had seven shots in the first period. I mm-hmm. mean, the first period is always tough for us. I, I did see Gigi said the other day that he wants to find a way to play better in the first. Uh, obviously, we're a little lazy in the first a lot of more often than not, I would say. Uh, yeah, we've always I feel like we've always let up goals in the first five minutes of the game. It's just like a known thing. First five minutes, last two minutes. It's it's always been a Rangers thing. Uh, but Chesty just look. I, I don't know what else to say other than the guy looks unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he just do- really doesn't miss a beat. And uh, in addition to him, I also thought Schneider's looked really good as well. Dude, so good. Oh, my so gosh. Good. He- I actually, I-, I think, honestly, this might be like a, a hot take, but, you know, I think. Are you about t- to say he's about to become one of your favorite players? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Um, 
I love Truba. And listen, you know, last week I got some criticism about talking about making trades at the deadline when it was a hypothetical question about what we need to be a contender right now. I yeah. love this team. I think this team is, you know, it's a team that should be built for the next two to three years, not necessarily to go for it right now. That's not what I want for the Rangers. I want them to be able to like be the Boston Bruins of the last decade, essentially compete every year for 10 straight years. Like that's what I would want as a fan. Um, so for me, like Braden Schneider has looked incredible and he's looked like so much more confident game in game out. And, you know, I was pretty bummed that they scratched Zach Jones last night. I really thought him and Jones looked yeah. really good together in, in that third pair. He had a um, rough Detroit game. Really rough he did. Detroit game. He did, but he still looks so confident every time he touches the puck. Like he really does. And Nemeth- yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I mean, yeah, he does. Schneider, Schneider just, he comes right in. I mean, Keandre had an unreal first unreal year as week, well. Dude. Unreal week too. Yeah. But uh, Schneider's just coming in day in, day out. He's showing you he's that big stay-at-home defenseman, exactly what we needed. And yeah, you're not wrong. If if he's playing up to, you know, up to the T in a few years, I mean, I could definitely see them looking to move Truba. I just... I don't know. True. I, I'm starting to love Truba a lot. He gets a lot. Of I love Truba. Dude, I yeah. love Truba. He's been awesome. Yeah. And, and what you were saying before about getting some crit- criticism. I mean, I don't know. I, I disagree. I think that, yeah, we should definitely build a contender. I mean, being the Bruins over the next 10 years would be cool, but they have zero cups. Shout out to the bees. They have um, one. 2011. Well, 2011. That's, that's, 11 years, bro. But they went back. They went back in 13 and I think they yeah, almost yeah. I mean, got they back. Huh? No, but yeah, and they were there in 17 too. Or 19, yeah. 19, 19, not 17. 19. No, is that when? Yeah, yeah whatever yeah. the Blues was. The blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. For me, I think that it'd be cool to obviously build that type of team, but you could look at the Rangers. That's what we did too, right? We were mm. contending every single year for 10 years and we didn't yeah. win a cup. So it's like, I would rather make the moves to get us a cup and then you can move from there and you could always swap the team however you want once you get that cup. But for me, I think, you know, anyone except maybe Othman and, and Schneider would be fair game for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously not including Laffy and Kako, of course, but I look at like Jones, Miller, Cooley, Korzak, Kravtsov, Niels, our first, any of those guys. And to me, if, if it's the right deal and it could bring you someone and I, I'm talking about building us for success too, right? Like I, yeah. I would only move some of these guys if it's going to bring us a good player with term that could really help us succeed over the next few years as well. But I, to me, I mean, other than, other than those two guys, anyone's fair game in, in my end. And I did want to, uh, I did want to transition here a little bit since we're talking about, you know, trades and whatnot. Uh-huh. That's what you love. So yeah, <laughs> what, what people love to hear all the, all the latest rumors and rumblings. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I did read something that the Rangers are working on Arturi Lekkanen on the Habs and he'd be an interesting guy. You could sign long-term, but I think it's evident looking at this week, right? We had all these close games. You see, you know, we need that. We need more five V five offense. And we've discussed this countless times. I think we really need to build up the third line. I think our third line is really bad. If I'm being Mm -hmm. quite honest, our top six is fine, but you can't rely on those five, six guys to score every single night. And when they don't, you need at least one dude on the third line. Who's going to get you some points produce and so on. And I just don't feel like we have that right now. And two guys who I've really been looking at, who I think could be really good on our team in that third center slot would be Jack Roslovic from Columbus. And then maybe Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg. I mean, I just look at it like 
they're not guys who are going to give you 50, 60 point seasons, but they're both guys you can produce. They're, they're both pretty young. I think Roslovic's maybe 25 and, and cops like 27 or something like that. They're both cheap. Roslovic's 1.8 mil uh, cop is I think 3.6. So they're not going to break the bank either. And they're both free agents after this year. I think Roslovic's an RFA, but those could be two guys that we could look at. And I feel like they could slot right in there and be very important pieces for our team down the stretch. And on top of that, because I remember you called me out on this last time. They both have playoff experience. Yeah. So Cop, Cop has 34 games under his belt, and then Roslovic has 20. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you think about those two guys? Um, both college hockey players. Roslovic played at Miami, Ohio, I'm pretty sure. And I know Cop played at Michigan. Um, so obviously, yeah. you know, I had, had that tie to them as well, just, you know, loving college hockey and being a former college hockey guy myself. But, right. um, you know, two solid players. And just to be clear, you're talking about like Dryden Hunt, Philip Edel, Julian Gosh. Yeah. 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 Like, McKegg. Dude, McKeg, like, I mean, out of the, our lineup. the fact that, like, I, listen, I respect Gerard Gerland. I think he's an awesome coach, but I think with like a minute left in overtime against Detroit, we had we had Rooney and, and Rooney out there instead of Laffy. When was it McKeg that was out there with him, or was Dude, it Dryden? It was no, it was Rooney. It was Heedle. It might have been Dryden. I don't remember. I just remember I saw Rooney out there, and, yeah. and Laffy played really well that game. Yeah, and they just benched him all five mm-hmm. minutes. And I like Gallant too, but I was just like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Yeah. And how about, uh, you know, our 30 goal score, not going in the shootout. I thought that was pretty odd, even though, you know, I he texted me about that. Yeah. He tried the Kucherov the night, the night before or whatever, but like, still, yeah, I thought that was how cool. do you not, yeah. How do you not put him out there for the shootout? Um, yeah. And you put out guys like Heedle and he made Stroll. a great move, dude. Heedle's move was sick. He, he just got literally so unlucky. Like he literally juked, um, what's his face? Thomas Christ out of his pads. Just, yeah. My, you know. my issue is it, it was literally to win the game. Yeah. So it was, to, it was to win the game. So yeah. why would you not put or keep it going? Keep it going. Tie it, yeah. No, no, we were, we would have. No, nah, he don't have to second. score to keep it going. He don't have to score to keep it going. Cause uh Suter scored on Igor and then they put Hedl out to tie the game. No, I'm talking about the Detroit game though. Are you talking yeah. about Detroit? Yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Hedl was the last shooter. He missed and we lost. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause I thought we shot second. So anytime. No, we did, we but just... they scored first. So we had to score to keep it going. Right. Right. Oh no. Yeah. 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 I know. No, I'm just talking about in general when they, when he threw out like five, six guys before yeah. he threw out Heedle or anything like mm-hmm. he could have just thrown Kreider out fourth and yeah. fifth and we would have clinched it. No. Yeah, I agree. Um, but how about Mika's moves, dude? Both, both shootout moves. I was, yeah, I was just going to say to you outside of Mika and Panarin, cause Panarin's moves are sick too. Like do you, yeah. with his jukes and everything, yeah, the guys, the guy's a dancer, but I think that I know we've talked about this, uh, pretty amply in, in the past few days, but dude, we got to get rid of the shootout and we yeah. just need to extend OT to mm-hmm. 10 minutes or full period. I think it's electricity and our team's got to work on the shootout for sure. It was uh, other than Mika, like you said, and Panarin, I, I don't think anybody really had anything too crazy. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I like Lafreniere in the shootouts. Foxy obviously got a little unlucky. Um, you know, I think yeah, the pressure, with the, with the, yeah, yeah. the pressure of it being his birthday might have gotten to him a little bit. Um, <laughs> would have been sick if he won it for us, though, right there. It would have. And I was sitting right next to his brother Andrew, which would have been cool to see like Andrew's reaction and stuff. And dude, we got we haven't even talked about Strom. Strom missed the wide open net. We missed. Oh that. my gosh! But honestly, like as a player, man, like I, I've I've seen a lot of angles of that play in that shot like obviously you're a professional hockey player you're paid to score goals you have an empty net you should score nine out of ten times but that's a really hard angle to shoot and especially with that poke check like that comes out of nowhere kind of throws you off a little bit i don't know what move strom was going to try to make 
But when you're kind of on edge like that after, you know, dodging the po check, it is really hard to, to, you know, score from that angle. But then again, like, dude, MSG was like just in shock when he missed that. Yeah, I, I, I think the thing for me was the goalie came out and slid. Mm-hmm. So even though he was on kind of a weird angle, he had like two seconds yeah. to stop. Think yeah. about what he wanted to do and just put it in the net and like just quickly ripped it and missed. Yeah, so I don't tough. know. It's it, it's tough. I mean, you know, you never know the pressure under these types of players and so on. But uh, but circling back to what we were saying about the trades, who do you think are yeah the best shooters I, for us? I was just saying I dodged the uh the cop and Ross. I know, I know. I'm not letting you off so easy. Yeah, I know. I didn't. I didn't mean to. I kind of just got sidetracked. But yeah, like you said, it's been really evident that this team, like like literally the entire game against Detroit, I was just rooting for a power play because I was like, we're not going to fucking score a goal five on five. Like we need a, we need a power play. Like someone take a hit from behind or something. And the refs that night, listen, I don't like to complain about refs a lot because obviously you know they're human, whatever they make mistakes, but. The fact that we got a penalty, I think Dryden Hunt got like hit from behind. Right. Yeah. Or no, no, I think Hunt fought. Someone got hit from behind and then Hunt, I think, fought. And somehow we ended up shorthanded. Like that was insane to me how we got like a double minor for roughing when our guy got hit from behind. Like that makes no sense to me. Um, yeah, so it was it was tough. Back to your point. I know I'm dodging it again. What'd you <laughs> what'd you ask now? Cop and Roslovic, aside from that? You what, what was Yeah, the no, I just wanted to see what you think about Cop and Roslovic as as our three C. And then also like who do you think are some good suitors for us to kind of target when we're going down these next four weeks of the trade hunt? I mean, I don't love to talk about trade so much, but like like you said, it's 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 evident we we need five on five scoring, we need depth scoring. Like that's just how it is. And even, you know, like I mentioned Boston before. Boston without Marshawn and Bergeron, I mean Bergeron played their last game. But right. they've they've scored seven goals in their last five games. Like the yeah. Bruins, you know, rely heavily on their top six forwards to score, um, which is kind of similar to what we're going through right now. But you know, five and five scoring in the playoffs is huge, obviously too, because the refs kind of put their whistles away in playoff time. They kind of let them play, for um, sure. You know, so listen, I don't have the list of names in front of me for trade targets. I know, you know, that's kind of that's. I, I don't want to take that from you. I know you're the yeah, trade guy here. Yeah, you do. No, um, but all right, all right. So. In terms of teams, though, I feel yeah. like there's five teams that we need to target. Like, as we just said, the Jets and Blue Jackets are two of them. Uh-huh. But then I also think like the Kraken, the Canucks, the Canadians, those are those are five good teams we could really get some nice pieces from. I know we talked about Lekanen, Kopp, Roslovic. I think all these guys would help our third line. Yeah. And then obviously your big fish like Giroux and, and some of those guys that we've looked at, but that's kind of for another time right now. I think we, I think the first move that needs to happen is we have to get someone on our third line to balance things out because it is so brutal right now. Just watching our bottom six, like not generate any points in big games when it's, yeah, I I didn't mean to cut you off, but obviously I wonder what's going to happen when Kako comes back because does Lafreniere get dropped to the third line again? Like, like what do they do with the line? Why would he right now? Why would you no, right now? I, Kako will go on line two and then Laugh will stay on line one until we make a move. We that's we gotta play that. Like Goudreau is playing on the second yeah. line right now. And and we need to he needs to be on the third. We need to make a move for you know some one of these third line centers, and then and then we can balance things out and and shift and maneuver things. But until then, we're we're kind of stuck, I feel yeah. like re, you know, with these top six. It's such a shame but, that Sammy Blay got hurt. I know. Oh my gosh. I know. And so many people are bring up Booch. I feel like every single time Booch scores or yeah. drops a point they, but I don't know. I like play, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. Cause he's an RFA, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. So they need to decide, decide if they want to uh, resign him or not. Mm-hmm. I do like our fourth line though. Honestly, big fan. I mean, I love Revo. He's been awesome. 
Yeah. So, so, all right. Transitioning a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I know we got lost in the trade talk, but yeah, um, we're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But, uh, so we were talking about some, you know, top heavy guys. What do you, what do you think are your point predictions for our top five Rangers? So Kreider, Strom, Panarin, Fox, like to finish the year, to finish the year. So, so some stats, we have 32 games left. Uh, right now, Kreider has 47, Panarin has 55, Strom has 36, Fox 48 and Mika 51. All right. Well, first of all, I told you last episode, Kreider, man, no goals since since after Three the games. break. Yeah, like Three I games. told you, it's it's hard to keep that momentum yeah. going when you get two weeks right. off. Um, yeah. But once he gets going, he'll get hot again, like no doubt. All right. So point totals to finish the year. Um, you know, obviously, I I think Panarin could finish north of eighty five. I think getting another thirty points in thirty two games is is doable. You know, Mika, I could see you know, kind of staying close to Panera and finishing that 85 to 90 range. Then again, like, dude, power plays are huge. Like if, if the Rangers are getting power plays, like I think in the Boston yeah. and, and Detroit games, we only had like one power play in each of those games too. Like we didn't, we weren't really getting calls. So that's been a big factor too in the last couple of games. And that's the reason why Kreider hasn't scored either. All of his goals pretty much have come in the power play. So, you know, I think those guys can be 85 to 85 to 90 range. Foxy, I'm, I'm hoping he can get to like 75, 80. Um, you know, he's obviously not a huge goal scorer, but right. You know, Foxy's good for two assists tonight whenever he can, or whenever yeah. I guess, you know, when we get those calls and we get special teams. Um, and then Kreider, I think Kreider realistically is, and I think 70 is kind of a good, a good goal for him because he's, you know, more of a scorer than he is a setup guy. So, um, is that kind of what you were thinking in mind? We, like we, we have, we have a lot of similarities and lined up. Strom. Oh, Strom. I forgot about Strom. Strom. Okay. Um, Stromer, I feel like is just. 60 to 65 would be 65 would be a stretch, but 60, I think is like a doable. You know, goal. All right. I said, I said Strom 55, uh, oh, 55 for Strom 55. I think Strom, he has 36 the first right power play unit though. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with 55 on Strom. Uh, cries. We have the exact same. I said 70 Panarin. Mm -hmm. Same. I said 85 Foxy. I said 72. And then, and then Zibby, I went with 80. Yeah. Uh, I think, I, I just think Panarin has a, has a goal or an assist every single night, like yeah. pretty much. So I think he'll finish slightly higher than, than the rest. But do you know the last time when we had uh, four guys over 70 points? Do you know when that was? I wonder if it was like kind of recent or not. I mean, I feel like, you know, those years like Rick Nash and Brad Richards and Gabrick, maybe do we have all three of them together? Mm, no, I feel I like Nash and, Nash and Gabrick had like one season together, but I think it was that short in 2013 season. Yeah. Um, Fuck, I wonder if it's like the Rick Nash era or not. Is it? Nah, I'm just going to leave this here for you. And then Is it Yager Nylander Straka? Is it that 1994, era? 1994, man. Oh, wow, really? Okay. 1994. Wow, that's surprising. I feel like the Yager Nylander Straka era, they could have gotten 70. Yeah, it was 1994, and it was uh, Zubov, Messier, uh, Gravy, and Leach. Yep, that makes sense. That checks Grape out. Gravy said 52 goals that year. That checks out. That's surprising, yeah. though. I, I would have thought that... Like, you know, Rick Nash had 40 goals one year that, you know, Richards and, and those guys. Would he had 69 points, points that year. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Gabrick, I think Gabrick is the last player before Panarin to maybe have over 70, but mm -hmm. that was, uh, that was before Nasher. Nasher never, never hit 70 with us. I don't think. Interesting. That's surprising. But, uh, you, you know what else happened in 1994, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but um i don't know if you can really compare those teams right these teams right now you know no no yeah, I, yeah. I literally was looking at the stats the other day and they had eight 20 goal scores in 1994 yeah, eight 
That's eight. wild. I don't know right if that's ever going to happen again, honestly. Mm. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be tough. I mean, right now, I'm I'm pretty sure, like, Barclay Goudreau is is our fourth leading scorer or tied for it. Mm-hmm. I Maybe with, like, Stromer and Laffy, and they all have 10. Yeah. So we have we have three guys right now over 10 goals. So it's, like, it's cra- crazy, crazy that would happen. Yeah, there's no way. I, I don't see any team having that ever. Um, yeah, nuts, but... The stats. Yeah, I think I think that was it for uh for my little uh my little questionnaire there. What do you you got anything else? No, I, I don't have anything else. Just kind of looking at the schedule for the week. We're home at seven o'clock on Thursday against the Capitals in Pittsburgh on Saturday at three o'clock against the Penguins, and then back home Sunday against Vancouver at seven thirty at night. Um, so three pretty or two pretty strong teams. Vancouver has kind of been a streaky iffy team this year, but uh, you know definitely some cool games to look forward to going into the week. Yeah, I want to see how we do against the Caps because we literally haven't played them since opening day mm-hmm. or opening night, I guess. So yeah. kind of uh, it should be interesting. I'm going to that game. So you are? should be good. Yeah. Are you going any? I don't think I'm going to go this week. I'm trying to I'm trying to save up for the uh, St. Paddy's Day game against the Islanders. For the stretch run. One. <laughs> yeah, well, the playoffs too. I was actually talking to my friend Kyle who I went to the game, uh, the Detroit game with, and we were saying like, I don't think I've been to a Ranger playoff game since a step on game seven overtime goal. Like I don't, cause I was in school for the 2016 run. We didn't make it far enough for yeah. me to get home. So I haven't like seen a, a game at Madison Square Garden, a playoff game in like, you know, almost six years. Um, wow. So yeah, I really want to save up and get back because dude, there's nothing better than a playoff game in MSG. I know. I know. And and we got to link up for a game too. Dude, in yeah, March of course. For sure. Of course. I'm down to go last... to that uh, Islander game on St. Patty's day. Yeah. 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 Let me know. I would do that. And I think the oh. last playoff game I was was maybe like the Senators when we got blown out in, f- what was it, five or six? That was, six, that was yeah. rough. Yeah. Six. That was actually, I, I remember I was like, you know, betting a little bit in college. And that was like, I, you know, I think I put like a hundred bucks on it. For the, that was the first time I ever put like, you know, a wow, hundred bucks big. on a game. Yeah. The, the game six at home against Ottawa when, when they clinched the series against us. That was like a defeating night, I guess, for lack of a better term. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, all that's right, all I man. got for this week. Um, I do want to send it over to our friend Alexis Downing. Going to talk to her a little bit about everything going on in the NHL. But uh, Cody, always a pleasure. And Likewise, man. Let's go Rangers, everybody. Let's go, boys. Very excited to welcome on my friend Alexis. I feel like I can't. I can't do the introduction every week. I'm just gonna say, happy you're here, Alexis Downing. What's going on? I can't do it every <laughs> week. What's up? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh, that was I'm, it. I'm sticking with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. So what's up? <laughs> I was confused. I'm doing good. How are you doing, Johnny? <laughs> um, I'm good. Fun weekend. Day off tomorrow, or you know, today as you're listening. You know, I'm just excited to be here. Rangers hockey. They won on Sunday, so that's cool. And Jack Eichel has a goal tonight. Right now, as we're recording, it's three nothing Vegas in San Jose. So let's just give him the cup now. End the season. <laughs> you know, it's his addition back to Vegas or not back rather back to the ice. And then to Vegas is really going to be something that is going to help Vegas so much. And I'm excited to see how they continue to evolve. I mean, I know that tonight is his first goal with Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, but in there, in the very first game that he was back in against Colorado, I think he was like still trying to get his feet, you know, like that he hadn't played in so long, but did have a penalty that he had the very first penalty two. that game. Two penalties. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I feel like that was kind of, Playing Colorado as the very first game back mm. is kind of tough, but mm. I think he's getting back into the groove. 
It's also so hard to tell with a player like him because I, I went to so many Sabres games in college because they were like 10 bucks and like, you know, who doesn't want to go to an NHL mm-hmm. game? But <laughs> like, I, like Eichel was one of my favorite players to watch. And when you do watch him, it, it like sometimes looks like he's not trying, but it's because his his stride is so powerful. Like I watched him closely, obviously, in his debut and he wasn't really like moving his feet. You know, he kind of just like glides around there. Or around the yeah. ice, rather. So, like, it was hard to tell if he felt comfortable, if that's just, like, how he plays, you know? Like, a lot of people just think he's lazy, but it's not a laziness thing. It's just, like, literally, like, him working hard, it just it looks easier because, you know, it just is for him. Effortless would yeah, be the word. Effortless is the he word, yes. It, yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like yeah. – I feel like his personality off the ice is kind of similar to him on the ice too. Mm-hmm. Like he's just, he just always seems either like in his head or calm or like, he just isn't super. It's a nonchalant thing. Yeah. Very nonchalant. So that kind of makes <laughs> sense that he would, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he would play similar to kind of how his personality is as well too. Yeah. But I mean, just having him back in the lineup though, like this team is scary. Like they're, it they're, is. They, they, I thought they dominated Colorado. Honestly, I, I didn't think Colorado was yeah. in that game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's, they're going to be so good. And especially like getting into the playoffs too, like mm-hmm. Eichel is going to, I feel like have a different fire in him when we get to that point, because he's going to be so excited to be on a team. That's actually like really good. And they have a shot at the Stanley cup. So I feel like when we get to that part of the season, he might even just get to another level in his yeah. game. Yeah. We're almost but, there too. It's only like two months away. Yeah. Which is crazy. This season has gone by so quickly and mm-hmm. it's weird because this time period right now, like I don't think we were, we were not supposed to be having games because mm-hmm. of that break. And now we have all these games and I feel like it, this is just going to be such a grind for some of these teams that are on the bubble and really like fighting right now. So curious to see how like all if that like impacts some of the teams you know like this grind right now so yeah well i I mean like i think it's different with the east right now too because you know i feel like we talk about this every week but the top eight teams are pretty much like set in stone i know detroit's kind of like on the edge there trying to catch boston but like a lot of these eastern conference teams like the islanders the the canadians like they just they're 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 hopeless devils like you know they kind (laughs) of know their seasons are over pretty much so I think that's the hardest thing too, as a player, like when you know, you don't really have, you know, much of a ceiling the rest of the season, it's hard to kind of stay focused. But then again, like these guys are playing for their jobs. So it's, you know, like, you know, a team like Montreal could come out and like upset somebody. They've won two in a row looking for a third in a row today. Um, you know, so it's, it's weird. Like we're going to see teams like the Coyotes have random upsets because these guys are just playing for their jobs now, you know, and the college season ends in like, you know, three, four weeks. So we'll see college players coming into the pros and making their debuts. So it's like a fun, exciting time of year too for these like teams that don't have much hope. But then again, like you said, the playoffs start pretty much now for those teams that are chasing a spot. Right, right. Yeah, it, you just mentioned the Coyotes. And when I had Matt McConnell on Icebreakers this week, mm-hmm. I asked him, you know, you guys had that big upset over the Avalanche. Like, you know that, there, this team is not going anywhere this season. So how is everyone still like, is everyone still checked in and like wanting to win these games? And he said that like, yes, it's a very competitive environment. And it's because of the older guys on the team. Like they, they still want to win games Mm -hmm. and they still, you know, want to play hard in and out night in and night out. So I thought that was kind of interesting because I feel like if I was on a team that was just, 
had no shot right now, but you know, could make those little upsets here and there. Like it would be really hard to be motivated sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I could talk to it, not at the NHL level, but in college, I mean, I was on a team that I think we lost like 17 games in a row and you know, it's kind of just like, what, what the fuck can we do to win a hockey game here? And, and <laughs> but, but no, then again, like you try not to think about it. And like, mm-hmm. uh, then again, for lack of a better term, you, you kind of, you have to have that. I don't give a fuck kind of attitude where like, you know, I'm not afraid to make a mistake. Like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? We already can't win a game. May as well try stuff. Just like have fun. Like as cliche as it sounds, like you play better when you're less in your head, less stress. So kind of just forget about the winning and losing and the points and have fun. Yeah. I, I mean, this is what it comes down to. It is a sport, yeah. so it's supposed mm-hmm. to be fun. And uh, the Oilers are having fun right now. Maybe not exactly as we're recording this tonight, but mm-hmm. they did this week with their new coach, Jay Woodcroft. Like they're playing. I feel like there's a whole new life for this team and he's brought in like a, maybe a new motivation for them. Mm-hmm. Like they, they just seem more invested in the team now and in wanting to win these games. And um, obviously it's a good thing for their leaders, McDavid and Dreisaitl. So. Yeah. I, I think we also kind of touched on this when Boudreaux got hired by Vancouver, but it's crazy what a voice can do to certain players, you know, just a change of scenery, mm-hmm. a change in, in the bench boss, whatever you want to call it. Um, and not to steer away from the Oilers too, but you know, a guy like Cole Caulfield, who had, I think one goal all season long, St. Louis comes in and Caulfield the other night had the game tying goal with 10 seconds left. And then the winner in overtime, like, you know, mm-hmm. certain guys just, uh, respond differently to the leader of the team. And, you know, maybe they just need a new voice in Edmonton. And, you know, obviously I think McDavid's on like a six game point streak right now, although it could end tonight as we're recording, but, um, you know, I, I like I've been saying it all year. This team can turn it on at any moment with the skill they have. It's just going to be about finding that consistent goaltending that they've been lacking the last couple of years to get themselves into a, a playoff run. But they obviously have the the goal scoring. Yeah. And I feel like their goal scoring has also gotten better in like mm-hmm. the last week. Like they're generating more chances and a they're. Yeah, he looks, they're good. He looks doing, good. He looks good. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> and I mean, like, I know I had some haters on Twitter yeah. when I said he shouldn't be playing anymore. Obviously, the fans in Edmonton love that they're, he's helping them win games. So, mm-hmm. um, but they're doing better on five on five, too. That was another yeah. thing that I wanted to mention rather than just the power play and everything. So, um, things are looking good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll see how the rest of their season shakes out, but it's definitely on an upward trend. Yeah. And uh, one other thing I wanted to mention too, before we wrap it up, the Nashville uh, outdoor game. Yes. Yes. It's this Saturday. Yeah. Who are they I playing wonder, again? I haven't, I haven't like paid attention to that at all. They're playing the Tampa Bay lightning uh-huh. um, because this was Nashville's jerseys are super controversial because everyone hates them. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this before a little bit too. I don't like and I'm like one of the, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say like, I, I think like obviously the lightning's jerseys are way cooler, but um, the renderings of what the ice is going to look like on um, the field and everything, it looks mm-hmm. really cool, but I haven't checked the weather yet for this weekend in Nashville. So I'm curious to see, is it going to be cold enough? Like what, what are they going to do? <laughs> I'm going to look at that. I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> But it is funny you say that because I remember thinking the same thing when the outdoor game happened in LA a couple of years ago. But mm. I, th- I don't like I don't know what they do to keep it cold. But they, oh yeah, it's gonna be sunny and forty six degrees Saturday in Nashville. So definitely will be interesting. <laughs> Hopefully, like the players can see. I don't know what the t- what time the game yeah, is at. But I was the sun just thinking that it might be. A, I wonder if it's at night. The game it might be, be at be. night. 
Well, that's what happened yeah. this year too at the Winter Classic. I think it's so much cooler at night, like under the lights. I think it's sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they had all the issues with Tahoe last year, the sun being mm-hmm. too bright. So they obviously pushed it and everything. But um, it the, it looks like it's going to be really cool. And I mean, it's Nashville. So you know yeah. all the people are going to be there partying and like the country music singers are all going to be there. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be more of like a, a party, kind of like an all-star of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a party because it's going to be almost like an all-star event type thing in Nashville, mm-hmm. because I feel like all that's how all their celebrities treat things mm-hmm. in that city. So it'll be really cool. At least I I'll probably watch it. So, yeah, no, I play on tuning in. I, I love the outdoor games and I think the NHL does such a good mm-hmm. job doing it. And it's, it's awesome when it could spread to a city like Nashville, you know, that isn't necessarily the, the best hockey market, but it's a great place to, to grow the game and, and spread the game. Yeah, it definitely. I think that uh, since it's boomed so much over the last 10 years or so, it could be, you know, an area that maybe more hockey does grow in. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I think that's that's going to do it for me this week. Do you have any final thoughts before we uh, send it over to Sarah? No, not really. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by. Sorry for the botched intro. Uh, I'll get you back on that on that next week, but I'm going to send it over to Sarah Griffin. This week, we're very happy to welcome on as our special guest, one of my like newest favorite people to follow on Twitter. I think I came across her probably like a month ago, but I think I click the like button every time I see one of her tweets, but she covers every sport. Um, just a great personality and we're super stoked she's here. So welcome to the show, our new friend, Sarah Griffin. Sarah, what's going on? Not much. I'm excited to be on here. So I know we kind of talked about it prior to recording, but... I need to know what don't you do? Because you cover lacrosse, you write, you're talking about the NHL, you do content for the NHL. It seems like you have a million jobs, always busy. (laughs) So give us your day-to-day, give us what you do, because I need the background. Okay, yeah. So I do digital content for the NHL. That's like my full-time role. I kind of just shoot the shit on Twitter too, a lot of NHL content. (laughs) I try and like veer away from getting too crazy on there because you know don't want to risk anything mm-hmm. but so I started off just doing sports writing a few years ago and I actually started off only doing baseball and then I leaned into hockey more and I got my first writing position covering the Providence Bruins mm-hmm. so then I just kind of veered cool. towards hockey and then somehow over the last year I've gotten really into pro lacrosse I took on a freelancing job there and since then, now I write for Lacrosse Flash and I do NLL, PLL. I'm starting to get more into college lacrosse. Still a whole new world for me there. And I also do some social for Lacrosse Flash. And so then on top of that, I also have school, <laughs> which is fun. And you have your own <laughs> podcast too, right? Yes, Saturdays yeah. and Seltzers. Oh my God. You got to no tell us what time. that's about. Yeah, obviously, is that like a partying show? It's a mix of sports. And then again, just me and my co-host Kendra just kind of shooting the shit. We usually like, we'll have a few seltzers on deck and just, it gets a little off the rails at times. We try Mm. and mix it in. So it's like sports, pop culture. Then we're both living in Boston. So it's a mix of that stuff as well. Mm. Well, feel free to grab a seltzer if that makes you more comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I have a Celsius. Close enough. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Celsius is good shit. I love Celsius. Yeah, that's... That's awesome. Me, me and Johnny were just talking about like having, having beers before during the show. And, yeah. you know, so that's pretty funny. Um, Sarah, <laughs> I did want to ask though, have, have you been watching the Olympics at all or, or men's and women's hockey? I honestly haven't really been watching the Olympics. I've been keeping up with it on Twitter. You know, I yeah. follow the men's team pretty much. That's like the only sport I've been following just through social media. 
Yeah. Do you think the NHL made the right decision to pull all their players? I do think they made the right decision. I don't know if it was for the right reason, particularly. I think it probably worked out for the best that they did, but I am still pretty disappointed. I was excited. I know a lot of players were disappointed too, which sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, it sucks too. I haven't given a shit about the Olympics in like eight years. (laughs) Like, cause they didn't play in the last one. Like I really Mm -hmm. have not, I haven't watched a second of Olympic hockey. Even though, you know, obviously it's on at like 1130 at night or 6am, whatever the time may be. But like, I feel like when I was a kid, I would wake up before school. I'd watch the game. Like Mm -hmm. it was something you got really excited about. And not that I'm like knocking the players that are representing our country right now. Right. They're all really good players, but I just, it's just, (laughs) you're not, you're not watching the best of the best. So it's like really hard to, to get locked in. I feel like that's what gets people excited about the Olympics for hockey is you're seeing those NHL guys like playing with each other, which like, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. You know, they're like, oh, well, you still have the all-star game. That does not even like slightly compare to getting to watch them compete in the Olympics. Right. Right. And I I remember like in college seeing USA versus Russia. And that was when Oshie had those like seven mm-hmm. shootout goals back. To, that was electric. We were all going nuts, like in, in our frat house and everything. And, you know, it's like, you can't, you can't have that appreciation today because mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously tough without the NHL players, but I'm pretty excited. They did just announce that they're bringing back the world cup of hockey in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, see that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Where, where the fuck did you see that? <laughs> yeah, it just they just announced it like last week, I think. And, and oh, that's wow. pretty yeah, so that's pretty awesome because I I love watching that. And I remember that team North America where it was all mm-hmm. like the under 23 kids and and it was uh North America, so it was like Canada and US. So that was that was a good time. So I'm excited for that for sure. Yeah, that was sick. Oh, pumped. I did not know that. Me either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know who's your source. I wanna I wanna know who said that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I can't tell you who my source is. I was sworn to secrecy. No, I'm kidding. Um, I just saw it on Twitter and then I, and then I Googled it and, and started reading some articles. I think, I think it's like known now that it's coming back, but it's, right. it's, um, yeah, so should be good. It's coming back in 2024. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Take my word for it. But, uh, Sarah, I know you're a big Boston sports fan and there's nothing like the Boston sports people like spending two years at UMass. I got to see a, a Super Bowl and, and a world series and you guys are spoiled as shit, but, um, in my life. Yeah, I went, I went to school. I went to school in Rhode Island, so I, I dealt with it too. <laughs> we're both oh, New yeah, Yorkers. So really yeah, the fruit of it. We haven't yeah. had a fun decade the last decade since we're both nope. in New York. Nope. But I want to ask you about a guy who I actually love, but I feel like most people don't love him if he's not on their team. I feel like you probably know who I'm talking about already. Yeah, Brad Marchand. Um, is he a guy that you would probably like despise if he wasn't playing for the Bruins? Oh, absolutely. I like fully will admit if he was not on the Bruins and like a Bruins for life kind of guy, there's no way I would like him. Mm-hmm. I fucking love Good him. answer. I, I, I actually, <laughs> I thought the Tristan Jari thing, like not when he punched him in the face, but yeah. the, when, when Jari was trying to like toss a puck over the glass and Marshawn came and like knocked it. I thought that was awesome. That was funny. That. that was oh, funny. I thought yeah. it was so funny. And then I yeah. felt like an asshole. And like 20 <laughs> minutes later, I was like, should I like delete what I said? Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> I think I just said it was funny. And then people yeah. are like, no, this is a dick move. They're taking away a puck from the kid. I'm like, whatever. Like, it's yeah. funny. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good stuff. No, I'm happy. Yeah. Hopefully you didn't delete it. No, I think I kept it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. I thought I thought the punch in the face was a little much for sure. And, <laughs> and you know, if it was another goalie, I'd be like all for it. But obviously that was that was a little dirty. I I mean he he is called the rat for a reason, but mm. um, but yeah, I thought I thought the stick uh takeaway was pretty funny. And um 
transitioning a little bit, if you could take an attribute from four NHL players, and I'm talking about like speed, puck skills, um, shooting ability and finesse, and then like power, who would the four players be? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Yeah. Actually, I'll let you I surprise. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I swear. No, I was fucking with you. I'll, I'll stump you. I will. <laughs> actually, that's a good question. <laughs> Any attribute of Connor McDavid, yeah. I will take. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Do you have something um, in mind, Cody? Can you share yours? Yeah. Yeah. So I think for speed, I would have to go McDavid. I, to yeah. me, it's a no, no brainer. Um, puck skills, I'm going to go with Trevor Zegris. Okay, um, that's a good one. Shooting ability and finesse, I'm going to go with my guy Panarin. And okay. then I think power, I have to go with Ovi. Yeah. That's a good lineup right there. I might actually I like switch, though. I, I don't know if you, okay. Sarah, if, you, if, you, if you're ready, you can go, but I think I have mine in mind. I think like puck handling, I'd have to go Nathan McKinnon. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. Shooting, I will say I really like Chris Kreider. I do. Okay. I we like are that. here for it. Yeah, we I like are that. here for I it on, on a Rangers podcast. We are here for it. I've been watching a lot of Rangers games because of work. I'm like, fuck, I wish that guy was on our team. Um, <laughs> power? I don't know about that one. Because obviously, like, it's a good answer, but I want to just take that one. Yeah. I, I'm can. trying to be, I'm trying to be different, it. too. You can take it. I mean, that's just the obvious answer. Yeah. You know? It's so obvious. That's fair. I mean, there's a few other guys who I think of who are just like big, big dudes. I mean, Stamkos I mean, is up there too. Stamkos is up like, there. I'm just yeah. thinking of all these like huge guys. I'm like, that seems like such an obvious answer to go with those guys. You could like, go defenseman, headman. Headman's uh I like that answer actually. I don't think he has the hardest shot though. I, I don't I don't know if I'd go with Headman. Okay. All right. So Johnny, who are you going with? I actually might change up the skating. I might take McKinnon skating and and uh McDavid's hands. I might do that. Okay. I might swap, okay. swap those. And then uh, shooting ability, I might go with Matthews. I think nobody picks a corner and has yeah. a better target than Austin Matthews. But then power, like obviously, I don't think there's anyone better than Ovechkin. I mean, I, I can't even think of like anyone who even comes close. Like Stamkos was the first name I thought of, and Stamkos probably isn't even like a top five. Mm-mm. Like Pasternak's honestly up there. Pasternak's got a great shot, great one-timer, a lot of job. power. Kucherov could be up there. I, I'm trying to think of like just like you know those one timer spots on a power play, like Malkin. Honestly, Malkin's got a really good shot too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I, that's a hard question. That is a hard question. Yeah. Very well thought out. Thank Damn. You, thank yeah. You. <laughs> I guess while we're, while we're on that theme though, I'll give you one too. Not as much of a you know player attribute, but I'm a big movie fan, big sports fan. Love the movie Basketball. So if you're combining two sports, what would you combine? I mean, obviously hockey Ooh. and lacrosse are like your favorites, but yeah, I would say I feel like hockey and lacrosse are too close to each other in terms of like just like the rules and stuff for me to even go with that answer. I think soccer would be so much more fun if it was like played on ice with hitting. <laughs> be sick. I was just gonna say I think I'd go like I was gonna say like a mix of like box lacrosse and soccer, but I'm like I think that's just the that's same just indoor thing. soccer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have that. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, that's a sport. These are hard questions. Yeah. We're really putting you on the spot here. Right. I think I'd go boxing and hockey. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready fighting. Just let them, just let them go all in whenever they want. Put ropes around center ice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe just like lacrosse on ice. (laughs) Yeah. No, that'd be sick. That's actually what I had in mind. That's literally what I have wrote written down. 
lacrosse on ice. Like that'd be that, that's a good yeah. one. That'd be yeah, super sick. A good one. Also, like, but would you want it on like an open field pond or would you want it in a rink? Like skating, imagine like a field was like frozen over and like they're playing like on ice. I think that'd be kind of sick. Yeah, I would say now I'm kind of just pictured the difference between like box and field lacrosse. I feel like if you want to play like field lacrosse style, it'd have to be outside on a pond and that'd be mm. way cooler. Yeah, that'd be so cool. <laughs> I'd be so sick. That would yeah, that would be awesome. That's mm. the one. Nice. And and Sarah, so so who do you going back to some NHL players, who who do you think you would label right now as like the next face of hockey? If you, if you had to really think and, and how do you think he compares to some of the former faces of the game from like the early two thousands who are still playing like maybe like Crosby and Kane, for example, mm-hmm. I think the obvious answer for like just personality and marketing wise, obviously Trevor Zegras, yeah. like yeah. you can't not have him in the conversation. Yeah. And I think he's one of those guys just, just like his skills in general are going to get people into hockey that yeah, absolutely. aren't watching just cause it's like you saw in the all-star game, like, God knows how many people saw that clip and we're mm-hmm. like, wait, like what the hell's going on in the NHL? This is actually mm-hmm. pretty cool. Cause he is, he's so easy to market. And like, I feel like he's willing to market himself too, which is such a big thing. Right. And he's so young that his skills are only going to develop more and more. But then also I will say I'm a big Kale McCarr fan. Ah. Okay. And he is uh-huh. a more quieter personality. Like maybe, and also defensemen aren't always the easiest to market, but I feel like, just looking at what he's done already in such a short time up in the NHL, yeah. he's someone that I think could really be one of the faces of the league, like in the upcoming years. Yeah. Yeah. He did celebrate for the first time on his overtime goal against Chicago. I mean, Kel, Kel I never, yeah, Kel never sallies, man. I, I got to play with him for one semester. And um, the only time I saw him celebrate, I think was his first goal. Like he just so he's like I've, I've been there, you know. Stone he's, stone cold killer. He's, he's so sick. But I I think like you know as he gets more comfortable and as like it becomes more normal for these guys to show personality, like he'll he'll start to come out of his shell a little bit. He's actually he's a huge fan of The Office, which like I don't know if anyone would know that, but uh, he definitely is a humorous guy when he wants to be. But that's a good answer. I think Kale. I mean, he's obviously like his skill too is just you know out of the yeah. oh yeah it's insane Un- unmatched. Johnny, did you have someone else in mind? Um, as far as like a face of the league, it's, I mean, it's, it's so hard to tell right now too. Cause like, there's so many other young and up and coming kids that we haven't even seen yet. Like yeah. this, Connor, this Connor Bedard kid and Shane, Wright. Like, yeah, I don't know anything about their personalities. I don't really focus on like the prospects. Sarah, do you know anything about them? I don't know much about their personalities. I just like see mashing it up everywhere constantly. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, this kid Bedard is insane. Like, yeah. He mm-hmm. looks, he looks like he's going to be the real deal when he comes he's up so for sick. sure. And, and one guy, one guy I'm kind of thinking about who, you know, he's been in the league for a few years now and, and you said him before, and you know, I, I don't want him overlooked is Top of I, think all, I think Austin Matthews. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's still so young and I think he's yeah. also got the swagger. I don't know if you've ever saw the guy's suit game. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think he's like one, I, I know Zegris is, I mean, Zegris is the obvious answer. He's, yeah. he's a rookie and he's taken the league by storm for sure. But I don't know. I think I think Matthews is a guy who's still so young. I mean, he he hasn't really had that playoff success yet, so he's looking for that. And I think, you know, he's gonna he's gonna keep on doing his thing and and being an insane scorer. And I think he's also another guy that that people look at as kind of like the face of hockey as well. I think Matthews and Pasta both. Maybe that's just me being biased. Pasta's no <laughs> Pasta's the most adorable guy in the NHL. I will stand by that. Hey, he's I'm just like, the cutest guy. Cute. 
I feel like maybe get more overlooked now because yeah, they have been in the league now right. for a bit longer, but they're still so young and they're both yeah. so talented. And I think both of them, like they do, they both have such like good personalities to make like the face of the league. Yeah. And I feel like that's something definitely that they should lean into more, which obviously they love Austin Matthews, you know, highlight goals, see him all the time. But mm-hmm. I feel like he, him and Pasta both are someone that you could really just blow up with. Right. I, I honestly want the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup because I'd love to see how David Pasternak parties. No, I mean, like <laughs> if it's not it. the Rangers, if it's not the Rangers. Can't do it. Nope. nope. But dude, Can't. you have to admit, you have to admit, I want to see David Pasternak celebrate with the Stanley Cup. He'd be a fucking electric dude, like similar to Ovi, like swimming in a fountain, like totally awesome. Austin, Austin Matthews wouldn't be as fun with the cup. I don't think. Listen, pa- pasta, pasta can celebrate the Stanley Cup in a Rangers jersey. Fair. Um, but no, I don't think. Not. I don't think my heart can physically take another Boston championship because when I was in school, True. you were talking about two teams winning. I watched three teams win in four uh-huh. years. I had to suffer through the Red Sox. I had to suffer through um, the Bruins yeah. and the Patriots, twice Patriots. So I actually had to watch four championships. So I, I don't think I could physically take another one. I might go missing. So we, well, we'll, damn, we'll dude, see. you're old as shit. I was a freshman in high school when the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. Well, I, I was, I was a freshman <laughs> in college. No, so. no, I'll snuggle with you. <laughs> but yeah, you know, time, age is, uh, age is a, a thing of beauty, Johnny. No, it is. It is. Sorry. Let me ask you now too. Who are some of your favorite teams to watch outside the Bruins? Like favorite players? Have you, have you had to work with any players? No, I've been entirely remote for this season. I know next season, the plan is to get us back into the office. So mm-hmm. that should be fun. But yeah. right now, just because I haven't, like, they usually just have me watching a bunch of different games every night. But there's, like, certain teams now that I, like, get excited to watch. I love watching the Avalanche, I will say. Mm-hmm. I like the Wild a lot. I do like the Ducks. I really sold on them at first to start off the season. But I thought they were going to mm-hmm. suck. <laughs> yeah. And, like, when they were, they started off pretty well, too. And I was yeah. like, this is going to flatline so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they are pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, Troy I Terry. really want to watch them in the playoffs. Yeah, sorry, my bad, Cody. No, no, you're good. I was, I was just saying the emergence of Troy Terry like really helped that out. I mean, he's been in the league multiple years, and he really just started to dominate this year. And then obviously with Zegras as well, mm-hmm. like them two together is just yeah, really, really cool to watch. Something I got to ask you too, Sarah. I work with the Everything College Hockey guys, and you know, uh, obviously, big news: the Coyotes are playing at Arizona State starting next year. I mean. <laughs> Like as someone who loves college hockey, like yourself and the NHL, like, what do you, I mean, obviously it's like so embarrassing for the league. Like, I think there's no going around that. (laughs) But then again, like if I'm a student at Arizona state, like on campus, like that's the coolest fucking thing of all time. No. Well, that's how I kind of thought of it too. Cause of course, yeah, your first initial thought is this is so embarrassing that they are going to be playing here. But like you said, like if I'm a college student and there's an NHL team just playing on my campus, like, that is so sick. Like you can mm-hmm. just go to games like whenever I feel like it's going to really grow their fan base there, which I think yeah. will be great for like that college age group. My only concern is I'm like, hopefully then at least they're going to stay in Arizona. Yeah. Not just right. like get a bunch of college kids all into hockey. Be like, all right, we're out of here. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the first story too of like, like one of the guys in the team, like partying with the college kids. Like, you know, you know, it's, it's yeah, going to happen. It's yeah, coming. It's, oh, yeah. It's coming. It's going to happen. I want to know who it's going to be. I mean, like, you know, if Chickering was still there, maybe be him. Like I, he's a young guy, like I'm attractive dude. Like I, you know, I can say that. And I'm sure college girls will DM him all the time, but um, 
You know, it's going to be really funny. Like I, I tweeted out, like, I think when the rumor first happened, like I'm just imagining Phil Kessel walking through the dining hall, you know, like, <laughs> like hot dogs. Yeah. It's like that. Like there's going to be so much, honestly for you, probably so much fun content to make through that. Like you're going to have a blast. That because actually we were talking about this on our podcast last week, and I mentioned that I'm like I just can't picture Phil Kessel like on a college campus yeah. right now. Like that just sounds so out of place. It'll be so uh-huh. funny. Have you been yeah. to ASU ever? Nope, I've never been. It's sick. It's cool. The the, the arena only holds five thousand though, right? Yeah. So that's that's like my one fear is like obviously it's not a good look for the league itself, but now are all these college students just going to take up all the seats every game? <laughs> and like, and, and no one else is, I mean, you know, it's like not hard to fill 5,000 people. It could end up being like a really fun environment to play in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you can make, you can make 5,000 people sound really loud too. In, yeah. You know? <laughs> Especially a bunch of college kids. No. Yeah. There's gonna be like a student section at the Coyotes game. It's gonna be sick. Like honestly, ASU, the Sun Devils might suffer from this. Who's going to want to go to the Sun Devils games if the Coyotes are playing against McDavid, you know, like who's going to want to see, I don't know. Interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah. And, and Sarah, who, so I know, I know you're uh you're a little bit of a bees fan here, so this might be biased, but who is um I, I feel like the Metro is pretty much locked up at this point for the eight teams, mm-hmm. unless something crazy happens. Who's like the one team you want to play in the playoffs in the first round. And who's the one team you you'd rather steer clear of. That's tough. Cause I'm like reaching the point where I'm like, I'm just hoping the Bruins get that wild card spot. It yeah. seems like they're slipping, especially now with like Marshawn and Bergeron out for the time being. Definitely do not want to ever have to face Florida ever. Mm-hmm. I will say I wouldn't hate playing the Maple Leafs just for the fun of it. Uh-huh. Hopefully <laughs> they'll have fans. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, the Panthers are are like a really, really. I mean, we played them twice, twice or three times, right, or something like that. But three, yeah, but twice yeah, in the three, Garden right? and once in Florida. Yeah, yeah, and we're two and one against them. But I just and I was at two of those games, the two home mm-hmm. ones, and I just remember like the entire game. Even though we won, my heart was beating because they're yeah. such a scary offensive team, and I think it can be argued they probably have the best offense in the NHL. So, oh, I swear to God, they put up like six goals every yeah. time I like yeah. check. Wow. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't want to play them either. I mean, they're they're scary and and they have Huberdeau's looking unreal this year, and then they obviously have Barkov and a bunch of other guys who are and Bobrovsky's like looking incredible this year. Yeah. So it's you know I I agree with that. I, I they're probably the one team I don't want to play them. The Hurricanes, from my standpoint at least. Oh, hmm. I'm so tired of seeing the Hurricanes. The Bruins got blown out by them last night. Yeah, like, I bet them last night. But then like. <laughs> <laughs> so brutal. I went to the game a few weeks ago when they lost. Tuco was still in net at the time. He was in for like half of the first period. They lost like seven to one. I have never left a hockey game early. I left right in the middle of the third period. I'm like, this is this is enough. This is so yeah. embarrassing. There is nothing yeah. worse than like going to a game and your team gets shut out. Like that's my little cousin. <laughs> I think actually, I don't know if you'll remember this, Sarah, but Cody, you'll always remember because it's like a, a, a nightmare for us. But my cousin's first hockey game ever was game five Rangers Tampa in the Eastern Conference oh, final God. when they lost like two nothing at home. Like imagine like this little kid going to his first NHL game. And the Rangers get like shut out at home and like the series basically is over. It's like the worst game to possibly go to. It was the first game. Oh my God. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. I don't think he's been since. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say game seven was probably even worse when we lost one yeah. to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was, Same shit. Oh yeah. man, that was, that was brutal. 
Um, yeah, I'll, I'll forever not like Tyler Johnston because of that. Mm. Um, you know, but yeah. it is what it is. But Sarah, is there anything that you want to plug before we let you go? I know you do a lot of stuff, you know, plug some of your work. Where can people find you? So my personal Twitter is at SKG underscore team. All my lacrosse writing is on at lacrosse flash. And then my podcast with Kendra is at sat and seltzers pod. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we really appreciate you stopping by and coming on. We'll definitely love to have you on in the playoffs if the Bruins get there. Hey. Um, yeah. But yeah, always, yeah. always a spot. Welcome for you on here. And we, we appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.